You're listening to the Illustration Hour podcast, an interview podcast where I talk to illustrators, art directors, and agents about the craft and business of illustration. My name is Julia Dufosse, and I'm an editorial and commercial illustrator based in Chicago. And I'm chatting with creatives within the world of illustration to learn about their process, the challenges they faced along the way, and how to succeed as an illustrator today. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Illustration Hour podcast, the show where I talk to people who create for a living. I'm Julia Dufosse, your host and also an illustrator and a graphic artist. I'm really, really happy you've joined us this week. Um, before we get to the show, I want to tell you a little bit more about my newsletter, Art Club. I'm really excited about this side of the podcast because it allows me to provide even more value to artists, designers, illustrators, and creatives in the form of a weekly roundup of links to inspiring things, tools, and resources, and even work opportunities. I'm really excited about this part. I really want to build a community around Illustration Hour to share opportunities and helpful content that might assist others in their uh, career and their creative journey. So if you want to support the show and be a part of this community, please go to illustrationhour.com forward slash newsletter and subscribe to Art Club. All right, so uh, this week I'm very excited to have a new guest on the show, Peter Gamlin. So Peter Gamlin, you can find him on Instagram at pd underscore royal and on his website petergamlin.com these are all in the show notes on the, this episode peter is an illustrator and an artist based in brooklyn new york peter has been a freelance illustrator for the past eight years working with publications like the new york times business week monocle the wall street journal and brands like google and Warby Parker. Over these years, uh, Peter has amassed a wealth of experience and gone through the ups and downs of being a freelance illustrator. So in this conversation, we talk about Peter's journey from recent grad to freelance illustrators eight years ago, um, how to break free from arbitrary constraints that we impose on ourselves as artists, what Peter learned from reading classic French and Belgian comics, uh, creative crisis of confidence and how to deal with them, how you can grow as an artist through making difficult decisions about your style, how to get inspired in a digital world, how to prioritize what makes you happy, Peter's process for editorial illustration from sketched to finished image, the role of humor in Peter's work, and many more interesting topics. I had a fantastic time talking with Peter and I know you will find a lot to take away from this conversation. Remember, you'll be able to find the comprehensive show notes for today's episode, including everything that we talked about and links to purchase any books, tools, or movies that Peter talks about. And you can find those on our website at illustrationhour.com forward slash 
Gamlin. That's his last name. That's that's G A M L E N. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Peter Gamlin. Hi, Peter. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks, Julia. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thanks. So uh, I'd like to start off the way I usually start off, which is to ask you, how do you usually describe what you do to people outside of the creative world? Um, I, is I, I, that I uh, largely make pictures for uh, newspapers and magazines. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, like sometimes there's the, um, sometimes there's the moment where you have to diffuse the perception that you're doing political cartoons. <laughs> yeah, because that's what people are most uh, familiar with usually. Yeah. And um, yeah, not, I mean, I don't know, it's, uh, but personally, it's not something that I particularly want to be mistaken for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, well, uh. That I mean, being there's... said, your your illustrations have a distinct kind of humor. Um, and sometimes oh. they're poking fun at things that you know it could be a, a cartoon in itself. I guess. Oh, it, I mean that's definitely true. But I mean, like in terms of kind of like uh, what is now currently kind of like newspaper political cartooning is like a I don't know. It's kind of um, a long way from kind of the sort of. Uh, kind of like extremely kind of uh brutal uh editorials of like the kind of like 19th century with kind of like crazy like draftsmanship and kind of like really yeah. kind of like gnarly yeah sort of themes i mean like it's you know there's a there's a long and interesting history of that but in terms of what most people kind of like would consider kind of like political cartooning yeah. in newspapers now it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, like, I absolutely love the uh, Onion parodies of that. Like, they're, they're like political cartoons, are, like parodies of like a conservative political cartoon are hilarious. It's always like, it's it's like this kind of like middle-aged white man and like whatever he's doing, he's like innocent. It's like, I mean, like in the in a recent one, it's like he's described as an innocent digester <laughs> while his like doctor is trying to give him like a suppository and there's like always like the Statue of Liberty, like in tears, like poking her head in through a window. I don't know. It's kind of like a really pitch perfect parody. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, like humor and expressing my, uh, I don't know, and, ex and ex you know, and like expressing kind of like something in addition to whatever like editorial or opinion piece I get is important to me. But there's, a di I mean, there's like quite a difference yeah. by virtue of the fact that it you know it is someone else's piece that i'm kind of translating it in, into an image rather than kind of my own kind of polemic and and do you do people usually ask you um uh what your style is like what your drawings actually look like or yeah and uh i always feel like i feel like that's when i really kind of clam up i mean i draw like pretty traditionally mm -hmm. like and uh and particularly with my commercial work, I mean, my by commercial I mean like editorial stuff. Yeah. It's oh, most, you do okay. Yeah, it's like it's like mostly it's mostly the idea that is kind of like super interesting to me, and I enjoy like drawing it, but kind of like uh, I'm kind of like mostly I kind of I don't know. 
I get. I guess I don't kind of like um think about uh like trying to describe how I draw a lot because in like the work that I do for other people, it's not necessarily the thing that is most kind of exciting to me. Uh huh. So so what is what's the thing that's most exciting to you then? That those kinds uh, of assignments. I mean, like the uh, I don't know, coming up with the ideas. I uh, yeah. I mean. I really, I, don't know, I really enjoy. I mean, like I've, I've been doing this for like uh, eight years now, and I've been working for. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very fortunate to have been able to work with a lot of art directors over a long period of time, and I really enjoy kind of like building that relationship and kind of having ha- having the relationship where they get to know what I'm interested in and kind of like uh, what I can bring a lot to and and having that kind of... Uh, yeah, they kind of know what you're best at as well. Yeah, and kind of, yeah, yeah, and kind of having that sort of like uh, that kind of like synchronicity of thought there kind of can lead to some like, I don't know, it like, you st- I, I feel like... Uh, the art directors I work with consistently send me things which I really enjoy kind of tackling and really enjoy uh, finding solutions for. Yeah, so for for those uh, people who are listening who don't know uh, your work, what, what publications do you usually work with or which publications do you have recurring commissions with? Um, I mean, I have a long, I've, uh, I've been fortunate to, well, the New York Times was the first uh, client I've ever had. They, uh, I Your first a, client ever? Or? Yeah, I, uh, oh, I I drew great. a it was a I drew a mushroom uh, flanked by two oak leaves for the book review. So extremely, <laughs> ex- extremely uh, non conceptually driven. Is that just, with Matt, <laughs> Matt Dorfman or no? That was actually still when uh, Nicholas Blackman. Uh, uh, okay. Was there? Great. It was. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like not too long before he uh, left that position, which he'd been in for a, a very long time. Right. But yeah. I, I, I uh, yeah, that was it was. Is very kind of into I mean, I mean, like the Times is great in that they have a lot of art directors who are really committed to giving uh, people a chance, like giving uh, like fresh graduates or even some students a chance. And uh, I don't know I, th- I think there's a I think there's a great deal of people who kind of uh, really allow, owe a lot of their careers to their willingness to kind of give people an opportunity to kind of test their metal. Yeah, so the the New York Times and uh, I think you've done work for Monocle too. Is is that? That's right. Uh, not in not in a not in a while actually. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I've done. It's work a publication for, I really really admire. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's an it's astounding it's astoundingly dense. <laughs> I mean it's it, yeah it's but it's one of the most beautiful publications out there. I no I really totally love what they do. I mean it's it's just quite impressive to kind of like uh consistently publish uh that much yeah. of kind of like a phone book but uh yeah i mean i um work for the new york times i do some work for the new yorker and uh i've done work for you know like uh bloomberg business week and mm-hmm. wall street journal and washington post and uh the guardian uh which which are always uh i've always enjoyed working with chris at the guardian oh chris clark yeah oh. and yeah. uh and then you know there's like and then there's like I, don't know. I mean there's a lot of other things I've did some work with uh, Google which was 
kind of interesting. <laughs> well, that would be under maybe more of the uh, category of commercial. Or yeah. At least for me, I I, I don't call that commercial. I, I call editorial for all the publications and commercial for, you know, companies and brands that don't really, they're not publications, but they need you to translate their message. Because I do think there's quite a bit of difference between editorial and commercial. I no, I, I agree that there's I, I agree there's a difference, but I uh I don't know. I mean like if I'm getting paid for it, I consider it commercial. I mean whether whether Yeah, that's wh- interesting. Yeah. I mean I, I can see why you would. It's um I don't know. So do you do you um do you prefer editorial though in general or Yeah. I uh I I do. I mean it's um I I re- I feel like I respond well to like a fast turnaround. Like I uh, mm. I like having to think very intensely and then being able to kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, turn off again. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's something nice about being able to just have s- you're done with it. You know. Yeah. In the last in the last few years, there's been a number of kind of like uh, longer term projects. Like I uh, illustrated like a children's science book, which hasn't come out yet. And uh, have you enjoyed those projects or in yes, but I mean, like there's there's so there's so much more of kind of like an emotional arc in terms of being engaged and then kind of like sometimes the periods of like non-communication can be like quite, you know, can quite kind of like sap your energy and then your uh, art director or publisher comes back to you and then you have to kind of uh, rev up again and um mm-hmm. it's it's definitely like a challenge and it's it's like quite a different challenge and it's good to have practice of that but it can also be uh it, it can be like a yeah it can just be quite challenging to kind of mentally switch between okay what what's the uh like job that i have to do today that i have like six hours total to do and then maybe after that i'll kind of like be able to think about this kind of like more complex in its length ongoing project and it's uh yeah it, it can be quite a challenge to kind of switch between the two but yeah and taking, taking a walk around with, the block is helpful yeah yeah communication also saps a lot of energy especially when you're freelancing it's true i mean most i mean the the communication that saps most of my energy when i have to do it is to to chase invoices <laughs> yeah 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 but uh Wait, I mean, do you find yourself doing that a lot with publications or uh sometimes i mean there's there's maybe like smaller ones or i don't know it's funny it's like it's not necessarily who you would expect i don't know oh, like yeah. so i don't know like i don't know like i i did like a while ago like a while ago i did like some like tiny icons for like a welsh denim company and they like paid me immediately and it's probably like a company of like two people yeah and then sometimes um the kind of like major publications uh you have to kind of uh you have to kind of like navigate through a whole host of uh like finance people who maybe yeah, you know, had a relationship last time and yeah and, now there's a new yeah. person that you yeah. have to find out the name and uh-huh yeah you know, it can uh it can be a little uh like you say uh time exhausting yeah. yeah exhausting yeah yeah um so i want to go back to i guess your childhood you you grew up in the uk that's right. I uh I, I grew up in a town called Woking, uh okay. which is in Surrey. Uh it's like fairly close to it's fairly close to London. 
it's yeah. kind of green and leafy and you can get to london in like 30 minutes on a train so yeah it's so not it's kind it's of like a commuter area yeah yeah it's like or, it, yeah it's like yeah. a dormitory town for sure yeah. uh-huh. uh i mean it's not too tiny it's like a hundred thousand something people but oh, yeah. uh yeah but yeah i mean yeah so i i, I grew up there um but did so did you did you always draw or did you always know you wanted to illustrate for a living or i always drew i didn't know that i wanted to illustrate for a living because i didn't really have much conception that that was a job yeah. i just um drawing was kind of like one of the few things that i really enjoyed and like consistently enjoyed and you know i would like devour like uh erge uh like tintin books oh, and yeah. And like the Asterix and Obelix books and all those kind of like oh, those, yeah. all, all like the, comics, yeah. Yeah, all, all like the and like uh like Lucky Luke and all like the uh Ooh, yeah. Euro- all the European comics and kind of like I don't know. I was like like the the way uh I can like the see way this, that the way in the, your drawings yeah. a little bit, the way that you draw like Yeah. The legs I mean, like, and stuff it's, sometimes. <laughs> I f- I feel like that kind of um that exerted like a greater influence over me kind of I think in the past, well, I mean, like for for a long time, uh, I drew exclusively in uh, with like a sable brush and ink, and mm-hmm. I got to the point where I realized I was spending like hours of my life cumulatively like watching ink dry, and I and I realized it was like driving me crazy. So I've switched over to kind of like pens and things that dry faster, and using rulers and like uh, circle guides and in an attempt to kind of like draw as fast as possible <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh and kind of like and and kind of loosen up i feel like i feel like i have kind of like um like a like at least once a year i have like a like a near nervous breakdown where drawing makes me miserable and i have to kind of like change some things about the way that i do it and yeah. i feel like all of those crises lead in good directions but they, but you know, they're taking like they're gradually taking me away from some of that kind of like strong influence that I really carried with me for a long time. Actually, yeah. Like, so, so did you from that? Did you get kind of like a doctrinaire approach to like it has to be done in a traditional way, or is that totally what you're coming? Yeah, totally. I mean, like it definitely uh, doctrinaire is a is a great way to describe it. I mean, like it's funny, like Hergé, like so much of the way he drew was influenced by cinema. Mm-hmm. and uh like cinema compositions and because and because like um he influenced the way i draw i kind of like there's kind of like a double kind of like uh there's like a sort of like a a doubling of that effect and i kind of for for a long time i kind of had this great frustration because i had like a not a hard time thinking abstractly but like a hard time like drawing abstractly like i felt like yeah. everything had to have its like place on kind of like the plane that i was like creating in the image and and eventually it just really started driving me crazy <laughs> i felt like uh I, I felt like uh totally like mentally clenched yeah well that's how Hergé felt i think most yeah. of the time well um, yeah i mean like, i don't know if you know much about how he was in life but i think he would he was quite tortured about his work and yeah. and Tintin and the place that Tintin had in his life. Yeah. Um he felt like I guess enslaved by Tintin in some ways, which is funny to me because um it, yeah, I, I just didn't know that about him. Um Yeah. I I I wrote an 
I wrote an essay on him for, that was like my kind of uh, it was like my thesis at mm. at university. But it was actually the focus of that was kind of like more trying to grapple with some of the uh, more problematic elements of, of, of his comics, yeah, yeah, and kind of like the uh, you know, and like it's like I mean, like there are the, some troubling elements, yeah. yeah. But it's all, what's also very interesting is kind of like how he constantly revised his own work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, books were redrawn as they were like over the life of their publishers and of their pub- publishing and, you know, and so, and like, I think both uh, Tintin in the Congo and then, yeah, uh, t- and then Tintin in, the, Tintin in the Land of the Soviets were, he both like took them out of circulation. So it's kind of like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's like interesting to kind of like look at his life and, see the ways that he kind of like constantly had to kind of like rework this like what you said kind of like this character that he was enslaved to and you know obviously he had as like a studio where like multiple other artists were kind of like helping him execute like the backgrounds and everything is although for most of his for most of the tantan i think he was working by himself right yeah i'm not quite sure when the switch happened i think certainly by like the 60s and into like yeah. the final books yeah. in the 70s, I think a lot of those backgrounds were drawn by studio assistants. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure of the timeline. I mean, yeah. you'll, also, you'll have to forgive me for my incredibly like too. English pronunciation of it. It's like, a, it's, 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 it's too late for me to pronounce it correctly. It would seem too much of a, and I mean, like, it would seem, and I mean, too late in my life. I mean, like, I've been aware of the like correct pronunciation for a long time and it's, I just oh, you mean of, like uh, saying Tantan instead of yeah? Tintin. I just, I just, yeah, I just feel <laughs> kind of like uh, incre- I, I, just, I feel compelled to keep saying. Yeah, Tintin. that's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I find his work fascinating too, and also because as a child, I was totally unaware of these components of it that some of it was inappropriate. Didn't even occur to me as a child. Yeah, because you don't really think like that when you're reading an adventure as a child. Um, I don't know. You almost tend to be blind to those kinds of things. It's, it's really strange, but yeah, definitely in later life. Cause I reread them a lot, uh, growing up actually. And it became more and more clear to me that there were some inappropriate parts, but I'm still fascinated by the work. I know totally. And I, th- I mean, I think, I think that conflict adds to, the interest in kind of like and like his own kind of like you know re- self-reflexive relationship mm-hmm. with that and kind of like the softening of kind of like some of his like very kind of like pre-war attitudes yeah. particularly yeah. i mean like i mean obviously obviously like the most the fa- the most kind of like famous is- example is uh is like when he did the blue lotus and yeah. uh, and kind of like had like a very sympathetic attitude towards the chinese characters and then yeah, like the yeah. japanese characters are drawn like much more harshly and much more uh, yeah. caric- like it much more caricatured yeah yeah and and then obviously the way the i'm i'm forgetting the character's name of his of tintin's friend the boy who comes back in yeah. tintin in tibet do you recall uh-huh. his name I don't remember. No, yeah, I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna really bother me. Uh, I love the Tibet one as a child. I don't know why. I mean, it's like, it's. I mean, it's the most kind of like peaceful. Yeah, yeah. like the uh, like the That's drama. What I like about it. Yeah, the yeah. drama. The drama comes from 
the landscape. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it was his favorite one of the books that he made. And it's, really? it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly the most kind of like heartfelt and touching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, char- the character uh, that Tintin befriends is uh, Chang Chon Chen. Oh. And it yeah. was based on uh, his real life friend, uh, Zhang Chongren. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah so, so, so you grew up close to London, like 30 minutes away. Um, yeah. And then I know you went to the University of Brighton. That's right. Um, yes. Which is a, a lot of illustrators in the UK seem to go there, which yeah. is interesting. Well, the, the way, uh, the way like the university, like the arts universities are structured is like it's typical to do a foundation year. So, I mean, like, right. mo- like um, I've heard this from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like most university courses are three years, but like the arts ones end up being four years, like like in America, because you have a foundation year, which is essentially like your first year of college here, where you try out like multiple disciplines and then focus on one for the last six months. Uh-huh. And I and I did that at Kingston University in London. Okay, I was still living at home at the time and taking the train. Um, and I think that was like the first point at which I really kind of like understood illustration to be kind of like a path forward is you know like i said i kind of like i always just drew and in my schooling like i just kept selecting to study art because i liked it and i didn't i enjoyed english and history but had like i didn't really have the desire or drive to kind of like follow them academically and i didn't really know Mm -hmm. what i wanted to do i just kept wanting to draw and so the uh, decision to do a the foundation uh, was relatively easy for you. Sorry, the 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 decision to uh, yeah. go and do founda- the foundation, the art yeah. foundation. Yeah, I mean, I was like going into it. I you know, illustration or like printmaking was kind of like on my mind, and it quickly became apparent that I was going to choose illustration. And then once I finished that year in Kingston, I had the option of staying on there, or but I wanted to apply to Brighton and and the uh, and it was you know it was. It was really, it was really wonderful for me. I mean, like Brighton has had like a good reputation uh, in the UK for a long time as kind of like one of the better schools to study illustration. Yeah, and the teaching is actually extremely loose. Like, I mean, basically for three years, you're kind of like uh, you just get a, su- a succession of like, like briefs with um, various um, lengths and parameters, but it's all like extremely like self determined, and there's like. There, there's like aside from like life drawing there's like no formal instruction whatsoever you're basically just kind of like given the opportunity to respond to project briefs uh however you cho- choose to do so and then uh and you know and and that freedom uh and kind of like lack of uh, and lack of kind of uh rigorous oversight i think was really good for me like kingston is was quite different i think for my friends that stayed on there i think they had like a much more kind of like demanding and rigorous uh, relationship with their tutors and mm, yeah. i uh what well, sounds like brighton is more like learning by doing kind of yeah 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 and uh it took you know it's i mean so i was there for three years and it was really only the last six months that i feel like what i was doing there kind of coalesced and i actually felt like quite confident coming out and and like uh, we, the students self finance a show in London of their graduation work, mm-hmm. uh, 
and that was like really fun and really satisfying and i actually got some uh got some um like work contacts uh from people who had seen the show uh which was really nice okay so you so you graduated in 2010 right uh or... 2011 okay 2011 um yeah, I think and so. <laughs> what did you do right after then because um, I know, well, I think, I understand you moved to Brooklyn or something right after, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, um, so I'd been interested in, I mean, I don't know, like growing up in Europe, like, like the kind of like America has like a large kind of like cultural footprint. And yeah. I was always kind of like quite fascinating, fascinated by its kind of like cultural exports. And when I was, when I was, um, at Brighton, like one of the student trips was to New York. So that was, and that was the first time I'd come and I really, really liked it. It felt really good to be here. The, uh, I didn't make any work while I was here. I just kind of, uh, ate too much and kind of like walked around and yeah. felt really good. Um, and yeah, so by the time I graduated, I was actually, um, I actually had like some friendships here and yeah. uh, I was, and I was, I was, uh, I was in a relationship with an American at the time, okay. uh, who I'd met during my time at university, and um, kind of and well, like came out to kind of uh, see how both the relationship worked out and see if I could kind of like uh, try and get some work. Um, so I moved to Brooklyn in uh, 2011 and was able to uh, more or less uh, figure it out, and uh, I'm still here today. That's great. Yeah. Um. So, so you didn't make the decision to move to Brooklyn strictly because of work or because it would be. It was. Um, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, there's more work here by virtue of it's a giant country, <laughs> yeah. and like, uh, and like, it seems like every kind of like mid-sized city has its own. But do you feel like magazine. location is as important now that you know? I, I mean, initially it was. Now I'm not so sure, but yeah. also now. It New York is my home, so mm -hmm. it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like a completely different consideration. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Um. So, so when you moved to Brooklyn, did you did you have a list of contacts that you wanted to hit up and send your portfolio to, or I, uh, how did you kind of handle that period? I guess I had um. I had I I'd gotten uh, Nicholas Blackman's email. Um, oh, yeah. So that was kind of like uh, that was my one strong lead, and then actually I kind of like by the time I got here, I kind of like started to get some uh, work from the UK as well, um, from kind of like some contacts that I'd made there, and uh, I mean it definitely. Well, so let let's talk about Nicholas Blackman. How did you how did you approach him? Like. Well, I, I sent him an email, and he very kindly invited me to come in with my portfolio. Really? Yeah. So I, w I went in. Uh, so you sent him an email with, like, just. Yeah, I think I, I think you know I, my uh, one of my last tutors at Brighton uh, had had like a relationship with him. Okay. So he'd given me the email, and um, you know, I was able to say, you know, Rod Roderick gave me your email. Here's some samples of my work. I would really like to. Uh, like talk talk about my work in person with you if you're open to it, and uh, he invited me in, and 
on the day I went to the completely wrong location. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I arrived early uh, at like a completely wrong cross street and then yeah. frantically uh, like raced over there. And there was, it was like summer and there was no one else in the office apart from him. And he was like, and he, was, he was wearing like, I remember he was like wearing like this uh, like linen suit and was extremely quiet. And like the whole interaction took like maybe three and a half minutes. And then a few days later, he well, uh, what was he said in this initial very little. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we kind of like we swiped through my portfolio and we talked about one or two things, but mostly I just most <laughs> m- my overriding memory is. Did just he give of, you like, any feedback, or did he just? I, th- I th- he kind of like said some kind of like positive things, but like no kind of in depth criticism. Mm. I, I mean, my overwhelming memory is just like. The very like air conditioned like quietness of the New York Times office with no one there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then a couple of days later, he asked me to draw a mushroom, and now I'm uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm still doing it. <laughs> That's great. And have you maintained contact with him, or um, when he went to the New Yorker, uh, he hired me for a job there, and now his position there is much more kind of like um, overarching. And the art directors that I've worked with since have been um, like in a much more like hands-on position that he is in. So I haven't I haven't actually had any contact with him for a while. Uh, oh, I see. But I, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's right. Because I, because now he's at the New Yorker doing like. I think he's the creative director. Oh okay. Yeah, you're is that right? right? I think. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So that and that was your first job. You said right. Yeah. Um, and how did that go? I mean, it's uh, it was very simple. There was uh, you know, there were there were a few ways that I could have uh gone it horribly wrong, and thankfully I didn't do any of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I, you know, I got it in on time and competently executed it, and uh, he must have thought it looked nice enough. <laughs> did he I give mean, you was, any? Did did he give you any feedback when? Ended it in, or not that I recall. Oh, okay. I know it's funny. I mean, like some some art directors are kind of extremely effusive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is uh, can which feel can which nice. yeah, which can feel nice, and yeah. uh, and and some and some people are extremely curt. Yeah, and uh, you know, each each have their place. Yeah, you know, so, I don't I don't necessarily you know it doesn't necessarily. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, like I'm mostly like I'm mostly like um I mostly want to have like the conversation regarding like the assignment. The, yeah, like the sketches and the mm-hmm. ideas and uh yeah. it's always nice to kind of like know that they consider it like a successful outcome, but I feel like kind of like uh it's kind of like I don't know, some you know, it's the the crux of the uh kind of conversation should kind of come earlier than that. Yeah. So I'd like to talk about your, the way you approach illustration, the way you approach projects concretely. Um, but before that, I, I want to know, like, how do you usually work? Do you work at home or do you have a studio space? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I work from home, uh, which I find extremely, uh, comfortable and satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I, um, like uh it means i get to hang out with my cat and uh 
step away to kind of like uh you know if if i'm not kind of uh you know i feel like if if i'm kind of like experiencing some sort of like frustration or like not what not feeling like things are kind of um i'm having like yeah i'm like yeah. i'm i'm kind of like having a hard time at my desk for whatever reason like i have you know all my books here i have kind of like a music stuff to play and there's there's a there's a lot to kind of kind of uh look to to kind of find kind of like a kind of like a breath of fresh air and yeah. i also and i also like kind of like being alone a lot i mean i'm like i'm like pretty sociable but that's because i spend kind of most of the day <laughs> by myself yeah, yeah. And like and like that's what that's that's the way i like it uh, do you have a separate office in your in your apartment, or is is it just you just have a desk space in the middle I, of your living room? Or I have I have a I have a I have a desk in my bedroom. I li I live with okay. a I live with a group of friends. Okay. And um, you know, e each of us kind of like uh has our kind of workspaces or whatever in our in our rooms, and then the the living areas are kind of like pretty pretty nicely demarcated as like non-polluted yeah. <laughs> areas yeah. um so what do you usually work uh every day or does it depend on what commissions you get or and um, are you are you very routine oriented i usually take like like one full day off a week uh and the rest of that i kind of like i'm kind of both always working and kind of never working i don't know like mm -hmm. i have like a very kind of like uh I'm like always kind of like in the vicinity of work, but <laughs> kind of, uh, but you know, I just kind of like uh, go to make a cup of coffee or <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I do, I, I, you know, I, I get up from my desk a lot and come back to it a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, one, like, I take a lot of walks and I ride my bike a lot. So, like, in a given day, like, un unless there's kind of something that I li literally have to like work on from like nine a.m. nine a.m. to like eight p.m. or whatever, there's uh there's usually like a pretty healthy amount of like not working time. Yeah, but I just kind of like spread out the work kind of like to pretty much every day. <laughs> so <laughs> kind are, of as a result, do you kind of, are you kind of strict about when you start working, when you stop working, or is that not something really. you do kind of spontaneously? It kind of goes in phases. I don't know. I mean, like, I often am kind of like most kind of engaged and, and like excited to work in the morning and kind of like, particularly if I know what I have to do, like, I really like to try and get a, get an early start. If like, if I'm going to be starting something that's brand new or like, then sometimes that happens later in the day because I'm kind of like gearing up to it. But like if there's something mm. like left out from the night before, like I'm usually like at it by like nine or whatever. Yeah. So and, and are you are you a planner? Like do you, do you like to really plan your day or is it? Yeah. I mean, I kind of I, don't know, I have these kind of like mildly psychotic, uh, like weak plans that I make where uh -huh. I like. It's like a it's like a new like I don't 
know, I try to do as little stuff on the computer in as possible. So I have like all these like handwritten like plans that I make at the beginning of each week. Um, like what I'm going to do this. Yeah, week. like what what I have yeah. to do on yeah. any given day. And it's helpful for organization, but I kind of like pretty much like write absolutely everything that I might possibly be doing on any given day. And usually by the time I've gotten to like Wednesday, I have to kind of like start a new one because uh -huh. the rest of my weeks change. So I'm kind of like yeah. constantly revising and throwing out them. But I don't know. In general, in general, I really like making lists and yeah. writing things down. And uh, I kind of, I, I, I find like I can think on paper in a way that I kind of can't necessarily think like typing in the computer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for, for lists and and things like scheduling like that, I kind of like doing it on paper as well. Yeah. It it kind of helps. Um, I don't know, you get more ideas and it feels more real. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like there's, um, I've, I'm kind of like a, I'm a little technology resistant because, I don't know, I mean like the computer like demands so much of my time anyway that, whatever i can do to not use it for like particularly for art making i try to do i mean like there's an extremely like tactile pleasure to drawing which i always want to maintain and i don't know to this day i like i don't know i always draw in on like paper and then color using the uh i don't know, like oftentimes i'll like make um like on the light box i'll make uh like the color layers that i'll then scan in uh to use as well and other times I'll just use the trackpad, but like I don't know how to use a, a tablet. <laughs> okay. So so yeah, like tell me more about the tools and the, the type of media that you use. Uh, it's it's extremely hard now to judge whether illustrators are using digital or analog. Um, it's true. Yeah, because because it, it it looks much better the digital media now. It, it's yeah, no, it's much better at emulating. It's, it's, su it's super sophisticated. Yeah. So, but I, 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 I gather that you, you work um, in an analog way. Yeah. Mostly. Well, it's funny actually. Like when I used to draw with uh, brush and ink, uh, like all my lines were like incredibly, like thick and solid. And that's when people like assumed that it was digital when it wasn't. Mm. I think now that I like, pro like I now primarily use an assortment of. Uh, pens like i use like like the rotary rapidograph pens and yeah. i use a dip pen sometimes and i still use a brush uh for some things particularly like filling in blacks um but is the rotring what you mostly use for your line work or yeah it's it's a that, pretty thick thick line then right yeah well i mean like i have i have two uh in two different line thicknesses but i don't know there's i don't know there's something kind of like I don't know there is something very unique about the way it feels to draw with it compared to kind of like I don't know say like a micron like there's just I don't know there's mm -hmm. there's there's yeah. something about it that kind of like shows a little more kind of like intention and a, and a little more of kind of like the spirit of the hand than like yeah so you other get every do. every basically quiver that your hand makes yeah goes into the line much totally. more and I'm kind of like letting and I'm like and I'm also like letting a lot of that stuff through more than I used to. I used to be like extremely like, assiduous with uh, mm. wide out to kind of like 
smooth off any kind of like errant lines or yeah to the and you know and that kind of that kind of uh process kind of prefigured in the uh, aforementioned near nervous breakdowns <laughs> <laughs> so how do you usually color do you use like do you use photoshop or no yeah um yeah yeah i mean i'll kind of like um i mean for my own pleasure like i do like some watercolor stuff yeah um but for for like digital for like client work it's like all for pho- all photoshop pretty much and as i said some sometimes i'll like but you still draw the line work by hand or yeah yeah uh but you know the color is the color is applied in photoshop but like some sometimes i'll like use the light box to make um like the color areas on a separate sheet and like that's yeah. just, that cannot i don't know it's just it's just much it's just much faster to do and kind of like takes away some of the ability to kind of uh get to uh kind of like anal retentive which yeah like kind of like zooming in on things in photoshop will make you do i don't know i mean like when i was when i was younger i used to get absolutely fascinated by looking at like like comics and stuff trying to spot mistakes because i was like how does it look so good and like particularly mm-hmm. like particularly someone like daniel Klaus, uh yeah like i just i was just i was like fascinated like trying to figure out if he was making like any mistakes whatsoever and uh i don't know like to me and like now like a lot of the work that i get more excited about is stuff that's like way looser in actual fact like i mean like speaking of like childhood inspiration like uh when like i feel like i'm kind of like going back to a time like a like to like stuff that i liked when i was like much younger than when i was like reading Hergé, like uh I don't know, like I had like the I had like Edward Lear's book of uh, complete nonsense. Uh, oh yeah, and like, and I've real and like the work like the like the kind of like work I do with language that's printed in the smudge, like the poems and pieces of writing. Yeah, has like such a has such a connection to that. And aside from and aside from kind of like the love of the language, like I mean, if there was like one person who I like wish I could draw like it would be him because like his drawings are insane and like so free and expressive and hilarious in a way that i'm kind of like like after kind of like spending like over a decade trying to kind of like uh ape like extremely like controlled uh (laughs) yeah illustrators i kind of uh or like comics artists or whatever those influences are like i'm kind of like finding myself way more drawn to kind of like things that are kind of like a lot more exuberant and looser yeah and i mean yeah. my work is still like quite controlled but i feel like i don't know what what seems like development to me exuberance to it well though. i mean i'm glad <laughs> that's a huge relief to hear but i mean like i don't know i always feel like i mean because i'm so involved in it what seem kind of like i don't know what seem kind of like radical breakthroughs to me probably are like barely noticeable to anybody else yeah that's true and but, that's yeah that's that's true I mean, a lot of people won't notice the quality of your line changing yeah, subtly but or <laughs> but i mean like I or mean, the way you draw characters yeah, changing a little bit or, but that I don't know, it also kind of doesn't really matter i mean i don't know i mean like it's you know i, I do you know i do this kind of because i want to and because it suits me and because it interests me and the um to what extent 
kind of like the workers being perceived can be nice, but it's kind of ultimately kind of immaterial. Uh-huh. Well, so what's what's the most important then? Um the most important is feeling like I've kind of like I don't know, like I like occasionally like it doesn't happen frequently, but occasionally like surprising myself mm. is like a wonderful feeling. Like and you have to kind of like you have to get through so much work to kind of like get to the next surprise. Well, yeah, you can't plan to surprise yourself. No, of course. And you kind of like, I don't know, you have to kind of, uh, kind of, um, yeah, fo fo follow like a thread for a while. And then suddenly something kind of like brand new kind of like presents itself or so you'll like, or just like some accident or kind of like, I don't know, like that, that's the thing that's kind of like most exciting. Yeah. Ultimately. And that's kind of like, and that's very much to do with kind of like being conscious of like the emotional arc of your entire life. I mean, you know, it's like ultimately it only really matters to yourself. So that's true. I mean, it, it, it matters to other people, but it, it mostly matters to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it, I don't know. It's like, uh, hmm. no, it, it, I don't know. I mean, and like the opinions of my friends are important to me, you know, like when like people that I love and respect, like when they kind of like, and it's not always what I predict they'll get jazzed about, but uh -huh. to have kind of like, like a very like genuine reaction from that kind of relationship is, I mean, that means a lot too. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to give the impression that I'm kind of like some like self-satisfied hermit although no no no. i don't <laughs> I mean... think that's what's coming through <laughs> okay, uh good. i i do want to know like i mean your illustrations you use a lot of humor in a way that's i don't know it feels like your own um and yeah like do you where does this humor come from is it something you always try to have in your illustrations or um I think it's, I think I've realized over time that it's kind of like the most successful thing. I mean, like, or like the most kind of like the thing that relates most closely to my personality. Mm. And, um, I, th I think it took, I think it took a while for me to have that realization and also to kind of like be able to bring that through to the forefront. Yeah. And certainly, I don't know, I mean, like, I feel well, like so do you try to be funny when you approach me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because that's kind of like... I don't, know personally... if I, I, I don't know if I try to be funny. I think... Yeah. I mean, like... I don't know. If I, do if you ever I... worry about being funny? Like, No. I mean, well... some so, Sometimes... I worry that I'm being... I don't know. So, sometimes if I get like a... Like a... Article or like an opinion piece that's about something very grave... I sometimes <laughs> worry about a, kind yeah. of like being kind of um I worry about I mean like I mean I think humor is pretty much always appropriate <laughs> like Yeah. I think so too. Or, you know. But it has to be done sometimes in the right way. Yeah, totally. And wrong. Uh, yeah. And uh I th I don't know. I mean like like when I send sketches to 
art directors, I kind of like I send the sketch, which is usually like an extremely like loose like pencil impression of a potential idea, and then I kind of like like describe it in detail. And sometimes I'll like preface that with being like, "This this one might be too stupid," but <laughs> <laughs> that's uh. But I mean, like, I mean, like the nice thing about having kind of longer term relationships with art directors is you kind of learn to be like, I mean, if it's too stupid, they're not going to pick it. So you kind of like, there's nothing, there's nothing to lose by kind of like, um, kind of like taking a, uh, taking a risk in like the sketch stage. And also, I mean, like, I don't, know, I, I don't think I necessarily try to be funny, but like if, yeah. if I, if I, if I think of something that makes me laugh and I think is, and is, I don't know, then I'll always, I'll, I'll pretty much always include it because that's where I don't know, that's where the kind of like joy comes from a lot of the time. Kind yeah. of like coming coming up with I mean it's it, it it's very satisfying to get an email and be like here's this job and then like an hour later you have like a bunch of ideas that you wouldn't have had otherwise and you kind of get to respond to something that you wouldn't have otherwise responded to and kind of get to learn a little more about uh yourself and the subject and yeah, I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I think humor is, is a really interesting way to also draw connections that you might not draw otherwise. Um, yeah. Bet between things that aren't really unrelated. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember I just looked at your portfolio, but I, I really liked your I really need to update my website. I haven't updated in oh, like yeah. six months. <laughs> One of the illustrations I really liked was the OK Cupid, um, the bottle. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I really like that one. It's because it's a uh, it's a bottle in bed with a with a bottle opener next to it in bed, <laughs> uh, and it's it's pretty good. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a really fun one. A smart one, yeah. Um, I guess I I often struggle with this idea because I sometimes I try to like draw something that that's amusing to me, but then you know. I, I wonder, like, is it amusing to other people? And that's a slippery slope because then you try to be funny and it's kind of almost like will instantly block you. Almost. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's like trying to be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know. You well, know. there is such a thing as, as, as being, you know, like, I mean, like comedians, are, they, they do work on their jokes. It's no, of like course. It comes no, out I mean, them. no, every, everything, everything is crafted and refined, but I mean, like, it's uh I, I i mean more like uh if you try to kind of like anticipate what other people think is other thing is, yeah other people think is going to be cool or other people that's think true. is going to be funny particularly for if you're trying to do that for an internet and audience that's a great way to kind of uh i, I think so squash fall flat on everything. your face yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so how when you get a brief like how do you usually approach the brief like how what's the first thing you do and Sort of I mean, the first thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, uh, the first thing I do is just read it and kind of like make some initial written notes, and oh. then, it, particularly if a subject that I like know like nothing about, like I don't know, for, like for like more like financial or like business or like oriented topics, like I often have to do some kind of like secondary research of my own to figure out what the heck the, is going the on. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and that's interesting in itself, but yeah, I, I, t I typically, um, 
just kind of make some in it, like jot down some initial like thoughts or notes and then draw out, you know, maybe like eight boxes of the dimensions and then just try to come up as with as many ideas as I possibly can. Uh-huh. And uh that often involves kind of like wandering around the apartment, kind of like seeing what the cat's up to, looking out the window, like I don't know. It's kind of So you don't just stay at your desk kind of trying to finish um, eight boxes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean like I find like walk I mean in general like walking around and like like moving through the world makes my brain like super active. Like oftentimes when I'm like riding my bike, I have like that's like where a lot of kind of like ideas for like my personal work come from. I don't know, mm-hmm. there's there's some there's something about being in that being in motion that kind of like that I find like very stimulating and some, some, sometimes just kind of like sitting at your desk staring at like a PDF of an article is kind of like can be like a kind of like can start to feel like wading through like mental mud yeah yeah so do you usually try to draw connections between between two, two things or like how do you usually approach the process of finding ideas is it i know it's not like a formula or anything but um i mean you it, have, like I'm, recurrent themes that you tend to well i mean i feel like recurrent themes usually come into play more when uh like i'm having like a really hard time coming up with an idea mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah uh there's a I don't know. I, f- I feel like, you know, well, pati- like partic- partic- particularly yeah. for like political, political things, there's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, like, I've drawn like a lot of pictures of the White House in the last couple of uh-huh. years and I've like tried to, <laughs> I try to draw like a new way to find a new way to draw it each time. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of want to go for like a less literal idea sometimes first, but. Also, I don't know, I mean, like, my priorities for making an, an image aren't always the priorities of communication for the art director. Mm. So sometimes an image that, or an idea that's kind of like more abstract and perhaps more exciting to me kind of isn't going to kind of like fulfill the uh, kind of purpose that the image needs to for the art director. and. I mean, like, there's, I mean, you know, I've drawn a lot of pictures of, like, political buildings and a lot of pictures of various flags in various formations, you know, <laughs> I've, like, yeah. re- reconfigured a lot of flags to find yeah. images in there, and I don't know, I mean, like, there's, it is also very fun to play with those tropes sometimes, like, I mean, like, like I mean, Finding like a like a new way to do like a fever chart illustration is like <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like a it's 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 a challenge and I mean like yeah, fi- finding yeah. finding new wrinkles to those tropes I mean like you're not kind of like you're not necessarily like you know reconfiguring the building blocks of the universe but it can be like it can be quite satisfying to find like like a wrinkle in something which you haven't seen before or like. Yeah, I don't know. I apply like an extremely kind of like overused trope to to a way that kind of perhaps kind of like 
makes fun of it in some way or kind of like yeah or in some way kind of like uh sub subverts its ubiquity yeah it you also tend to have a lot of of characters in your illustration yeah and i wonder if that's intentional if that's just what you enjoy illustrating a lot of the time i mean so much you seem to really I mean, like drawing characters yeah i mean like so much i don't know i mean so much so much of what i'm being asked to draw directly affects people you know that's right particularly yeah like, but there's uh, other ways to some people i mean you, there's a there's way ways to not uh, actually draw people no it's 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 true i just uh I think it. I think it probably partially stems back to some of that literalism that we were talking about earlier. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know for for for, be for better or worse. I th think in very kind of like human or like hu like human terms, or kind of like I don't. know. I mean, it's 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 in some ways my characters are very kind of like uh, a lot of the time they're kind of like signifiers or i'm kind of like or in some way kind of like uh iconographic like that mm -hmm. yeah like i i don't particularly enjoy being tasked with actually like drawing like a real living human being yeah yeah <laughs> like, like a portrait of of a yeah and, and i mean really I've, I've i've done that stuff more in the past and kind of like it's kind of i don't know i always felt like it kind of came out kind of dead whereas like having like draw drawing like a person that is fulfilling the role of like quote-unquote a person in a drawing can kind of be a lot looser and kind yeah. of like a lot more expressive uh-huh so so you say you draw as many solutions as you can do you do you then pick a few and you send those out or? i mean so i don't know i mean sometimes Sometimes if there's like a there's like a real clunker, I won't include it. But like most of the huh. time, I send most of what I have. I don't know there's like there's always like the Murphy's Law uh, of like if if you have like a group of sketches and there's one that you like don't really want to do, that's the one that's going to get picked like guaranteed every time. So some sometimes you have to pay attention to what your gut's telling you yeah. about <laughs> about kind of like about what you have in your hands but most of the time i kind of want to kind of give the art director as many options as possible and kind of and be able to kind of like explore as many kind of like avenues and i mean some, sometimes it's just kind of like a couple of different variations on like a few different ideas and kind of like trying to draw out different threads or possibilities in in each one and see which is uh most pressing for, uh -huh. for the art director or for, for the client. So you've also managed to do quite a lot of personal projects, which is which is really good. Um, you, I know you published a book with uh, Clay Hickson's Cannon Loose Press recently, um, or it was not well, recently; it was a few I, years ago. Yeah, right? I I did like I've done a couple of zines with Clay. I I haven't made uh -huh. a, I haven't made a zine in a while. There's been there's been a couple of false starts and. Not to jinx it, but I'm I've been working on a new one which I want to be which I think I'm gonna have in print, but it's gonna be more substantial. I think it's gonna be perfect bound. Uh -huh. And uh I mean like 
Clay and Liana, who do Tan and Les, Tan and Loose uh-huh. Press, are like really good friends and really wonderful people to work with. I mean, like my my longest running like professional relationship with them is through their newspaper, The Smudge, which the is smudge, uh, yeah. which is which comes out for uh, once a month, uh, and it's kind of like a mix of like writing and illustration and crosswords and it's 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 amazing what they're doing like all the like a big portion of like the money each month goes towards a, a different cause and yeah, uh, they've know, yeah. been so kind to kind of give me a a, a spot in each issue like so, a, a couple of years ago a couple of years ago i um i was doing this uh like personal like monthly mail project called zugzwang where i was making like a one sheet zine that i was like sending to people through the mail and it was like it was like people that i had like contacted through the mail in the first place and it was like very like like not on the internet and like that kind of like that was like the first place that i started to kind of like really play with like drawing and writing together and it's a lot of it is a little risible but that was kind of like a kind of like an important stepping stone for me personally into like a lot of the more successful and more exciting things that I've been able to do in the last few years, including this it, much. Is that how the call the collaboration with Clay came about or um the first collaboration I did with Clay was for one of his print shows. I think this was back in like two thousand fifteen. Actually me and Liana, funnily enough, had like like been friends on like Tumblr for like a long time. Okay. And then I visited Chicago and hit her up and uh met clay as well and uh like we all became friends and i've been you know very very fortunate to kind of you know be there you know be both their friend and like also get to do a lot of really wonderful projects together yeah yeah i'd love to have clay on the podcast i mean the work that he does is is great oh Um, he's a chiller yeah um so and then for the smudge you you tend to also write, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, t- you know, I uh, I really like writing, and most of the uh, most most of what I do for the smudge, like, has a rhyming scheme, mm. which I think can potentially be corny, but also is kind of like pretty funny. As well. Yeah, it's funny and also kind of like kind of provides like shortcuts to things that you wouldn't otherwise think of like if you uh-huh. have like yeah. one line and have to rhyme something with that like having to find the rhyme can lead you to an idea that you wouldn't otherwise have thought of yeah yeah and uh it's kind of like it's a way of kind of like creating kind of mental stepping stones to reach new destinations yeah it, what's What's the biggest thing that you want to communicate with your illustrations? Is there kind of like a unifying theme or motif that runs through them? Or I mean, the I, I guess the unifying unifying motif is like a certain a certain humor that's mm. fairly kind of can be a little grim, but hopefully not expressed in a grim fashion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like. There's, I don't want to be kind of like a, sort of like a self-serious kind of nihilist, but there's, uh, I don't know, I mean, it's like, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons to 
despair and um, that are kind of like, you know, both political and existential. And I feel like that kind of like, and that, and that kind of like feeling has been like, kind of like a through line yeah. in my life and uh, finds its kind of like best and most useful expression in, uh, in my personal work. Is, is, is that what motivates you to, to keep going, to keep illustrating? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, making art or music is, you know, it, you know, unless it's agony, like, it's very, it's very <laughs> life-affirming. And uh, yeah. there's, I don't know, like, there's not a, you know, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to enjoy, like, as being a person in the world, but what really makes me want to keep doing that is uh interpreting that into work or ideas or writing or like really stupid doodles yeah you mentioned you had a few crises over the years or <laughs> that you have a yearly crisis yeah. uh but do you ever contemplate quitting in those moments or is it mostly just yeah i mean like crisis I mean, like, about, well, like about your style and I mean, two two years ago, I had like a pretty, I had like a pretty severe kind of like feeling that mm. drawing was ruining my life, and okay. I wanted to stop and mm. just go work in a wine shop and not talk to anybody. And uh, my friend uh, Jay Wright, who's a really, really, really wonderful illustrator who lives in Berlin, had like posted. He'd posted like some King Terry like '80s manga covers. Like I don't know if you know his work, but he's like he's kind of like a somewhat analogous no. to like like a Japanese Gary Panther, just like oh, okay. super like Gonzo work. Um, and I was like I was looking at these like great covers, which are like colorful and weird and funny. And I was like, oh wait, I get it. It's supposed to be fun. Like I don't yeah. have to be miserable doing this. And it's like I don't know. I feel like particularly spending a lot of time alone or like working alone, it's kind of like. Or kind of when you feel like beholden to kind of disembodied voices, like talking yeah. to you through email, kind of like asking you well, it's a great to way kind of to like get, yeah, redraw to, something. To make it not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of find yourself in some pretty like grim mental cul-de-sacs. Yeah. Do you not think that working in a studio space with other people would, would help you in that way? Yeah, it would in some ways. But I also, I don't know, I... I also kind of value being able to kind of uh, be alone and kind of unobserved and have the ability mm. to kind of like play music like really fucking loudly uh, mm -hmm. if necessary. Yeah. And like there's, I don't know, that level of kind of uh, kind of like freedom, unobserved yeah. freedom, I yeah. think is more important to me than occasionally going insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I I want to ask you is if you could talk to young illustrators that are you know trying to navigate the professional world today, what advice would you give them? I uh, I have I don't know. I think it's it's kind of what I mean when I started out like it was just before it was like before Instagram became kind of like the huge thing it is now mm -hmm. like i mean mm -hmm. if i was graduating now i would i think i'd have the feeling that instagram is like this like monolithic thing 
but it yeah. really hasn't been that way for very long. And I mean, like, there's going to be like. Well, you mean now that the reach has been severely kind of yeah uh, impacted, especially when you're starting out on Instagram now. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so many people on it, and there's like so many people with like established followings that I think I'd feel like this is the main way for me to kind of get myself out there but it's also kind of seems super intimidating and kind of like super vast but i mean like it's really only been that way for like a few years and that's like a really short time and like there's gonna be like and also like it's like it's a it's a it's like somebody else's business that we're like like populating with images and Mm -hmm. something's gonna change whether it dies like tumblr did or is replaced by something else or i mean like well, do you get a lot of work through Instagram? I get, I mean, like, I, I like it as a way to, like, see what my friend's doing and be able to share work. And mm. it does, mm. like, it, it, it is it is a good way to share work. Like, I like I don't, it's not like it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it does matter. But I mean, like, I I guess I feel like some people have the feeling that it's kind of, like, too powerful in their lives. Yeah. And yeah. if I was... If I was like a young artist, I would, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's the place that you need to kind of like prove your creative worth. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you need to kind of like have that relationship with yourself. And I mean, as with many things, I think the internet has the capacity to distort a lot of our relationships with ourselves, be they creative or to do with like body image or literally any sort of way that kind of like the internet holds the mirror up to ourselves but i mean like i think i think it can be a useful tool as long but just don't you know think of it as like a video game you know it's like it's like it's it's a it's a potential tool it's not kind of like the be all and end all and like it's probably inevitably inevitably it's gonna go away and don't look at it and look at what you think is popular there and try to recreate it Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you would you encourage young illustrators to kind of directly try to contact people they want to work with, or I mean, cer- 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 really... cer- certainly contact art directors, and I mean, like, like very occasionally I'll like receive an email from a student, mm. um, and I'm always like happy to reply to them. But I mean, like, I don't. I think I think it's I don't. I I th- I think it's kind of I think everyone kind of like uh I don't think there's like a set path and yeah. certainly the kind of like things that seem kind of like monolithic or set in stone really aren't that way and I don't know I mean like I think I don't know I mean just the internet in general is like such a vast presence in our lives mm-hmm. that I think it's really important to like look at outside of that like I mean like if like if you want to look at if you want to find an image like like a reference or something the first thing you do is like go to google yeah but if you have kind of like i don't know if you have like books on your shelf or like if you if you're fortunate enough to have like a good bookstore near you or a good used bookstore like you can go and find like things by chance there in a way that like scrolling through the internet kind of precludes and I think it's really important to kind of like draw on like the you know a lot of 
things throughout history and kind of like draw from like a vast array of kind of like literature and music in a way that kind of if you're just looking at what's popular online you're not necessarily you're kind of like you're kind of like walling yourself off from kind of like finding new weird ways to look at the world or new weird ways mm-hmm. to draw yeah that actually transitions perfectly into um some of the uh, rapid questions i had for you that are just really quick little questions but i i take it you take a lot of inspiration from books uh can you share some of your favorites or things that you've um, read recently if not your favorites uh i'm i recently i recently read uh a book called The Afternoon Interviews, which is a short collection of interviews that Calvin Tompkins did with Marcel Duchamp in the oh. mid sixties. Yeah. And uh it's it's a it's it's like a slim volume and really kind of illuminating and rewarding. Um I'm current I'm cu- the book I'm currently reading is uh Georges Perec's Life a User's Manual, which oh, I'm really yeah. enjoying. That's yeah. That's I'm really having a lot of fun with that. Um, sorry, I'm just I'm looking to are my there, left at my bookshelf. Uh, are there visual kind of uh books that are like kind of like visual references for you that you use a lot? Um, there's a I have well, that there, there's a there's this publisher called Dover which publishes mm. like really like a kind of like like thrift editions of like so, yeah. like like classic yeah. books, but they they also do like these like or used to do like these big books of kind of like um reference images and also like type uh like yeah. typefaces like i have a big stack of the typefaces ones and like the way i do type a lot of times is super backwards and time consuming because i have like these books which i then scan and like use as like copy and pasting material oh okay i know i, I like i like taking like long stupid ways to do things that you could uh-huh. really do quite quickly if you were just using all digital Your tools computer. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, are there um do you listen to podcasts while you work or do you listen to music mostly? I mostly listen to music. I go through phases of being able to like listen to podcasts. Like, I don't know, it's like um, this podcast that I enjoy for a period and then for some reason kind of like stop being able to listen to. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really like listening to old episodes of uh, NPR's Car Talk. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, like it, it's like because of like the call in nature, like the subject is always changing, and uh-huh. so if you like tune out for a minute, it's like doesn't matter, and it's just like it's it's I don't know, it's like a level of like dad humor that I really appreciate, <laughs> and also and also it's just like really nice to kind of like hear these people calling in from all of America, still like piloting around like these jalopies and like trying to figure out how to fix them, and like a lot of them are like really funny and witty, and it's just kind of like. I don't know, it's a nice way to kind of like be a reminded of kind of like I don't know, ordinary people like across America being witty and warm to one another. And the other, the other, the other, uh, another podcast that I really like uh, is Away with Words, which is another call-in show. It's about language. Like uh, people call in and be like, "When I grew up in like Arkansas, this woman used to." Uh, use the word haint does that mean horn or like ghost and they'll be like yeah it's a super regional thing and like that's kind of like another like extremely like gentle like benevolent radio show and uh I, don't know. I mean yeah. like i like i like some of the true crime ones but it can be um 
Like which ones? Uh, geez. Uh, I can't. I deleted. I deleted all the podcasts off my computer. But oh. in the in the dark is good. I enjoyed that one. Uh huh. I mean, that's the the most recent series is about the Curtis Flowers uh, case, and that was like horrifying and really infuriating. Um, but that's that like the investigative journalism that they did has actually been making um making headlines the uh, the case went to the, su- the supreme court recently and uh and they uh they won his right to I think be retried but he's it's this man who's like was accused of like mu- this african american man who's accused of murdering several people uh and has been put on trial for the same crime i think like six or seven times now by the same prosecutor and it's just like an absolute travesty okay i've never heard of that one i tend to stay away from true crime podcasts because sometimes they can be a little i find them voyeuristic like almost like they're like yeah i mean like, like the mur- fans of crime who like revel in the details I yeah know, i mean I like really the, like the, the murder of the it. week format can be yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, I don't have much of an appetite for blood and guts uh, anymore. And uh, I don't know. I, you know, I like in the dark is good because it's kind of like it's well, it like, sounds like a serious investigative journalism. journalism yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. and like and like and even when the subject matter is extremely grim, there's like a different kind of there's like a different sort of uh, dynamic going on there. Yeah. What what are some of your favorite uh movies? Uh I I recently got the Criterion channel, so I've been like catching up mm. on up on a lot of kind of films yeah, that I kind great, of like Yeah, that's a great that channel. I kind of uh um I really a, a film that I really really enjoyed recently is uh Chantal Ackerman's uh The Rendezvous of Anna. Uh it's I don't basically know that one. Yeah. it's it's uh, the main character is kind of like a surrogate of herself. She's like a Belgian film director, kind of like traveling across Europe, and it's like extremely like meditative and essentially about kind of like alienation. And like I don't, know, I feel like I feel like I really like I feel, I I increasingly want to watch films which like there's like very little plot. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like so much yeah. of our lives feel like they're in like the teeth of a plot already yeah. with like foregone yeah. conclusions and like drastic outcomes. That, well, I've always uh, enjoyed a film without a, a plot. Yeah. I mean, I like find the reassuring. Yeah. I mean, one, one of my favorite, one of my favorite films is a serious man. The, uh, Coen brothers uh-huh. film. Yeah. Uh, just about well, that one's, the uh, Midwest. It's a little stressful. That one. Yeah. There's something ominous about it the whole time. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's dark and bleak and really yeah. funny. And, yeah. but I mean, like there's like, but there's no kind of like Deus Ex Machina at the end. No, like there's not no, no, like no. Yeah. I don't know. I um I feel like I feel like our world and our lives are gonna be tied up in a big bloody bow. <laughs> and uh and I, and I feel like it, there's almost been like a reversal. Like I feel like in the past people had this kind of like perception of their lives as kind of like potentially plotless or drifting or without uh-huh. incidents, and now I feel like we're all like chain to kind of like the beginning middle and end of like election cycles and like climate death and it's kind of uh i horrifying yeah horrifying film 
yeah <laughs> and like the and a, and like a lot of what i kind of want to watch and read kind of has like a more open and kind of open-ended approach do you watch a lot of tv shows or just mostly movies no when i first moved to america i got netflix for the first time and i was like <laughs> i went insane like i watched so much tv yeah ostensibly while i was working but really what i was doing was like sitting with a blank page in front of me uh like whilst like buffy like went from like uh -huh. season like four to season like nine or whatever and then to and it was i don't know and i kind of i i just can't do that anymore yeah <laughs> i don't know it's 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 too punishing yeah it's true yeah i also just it's don't care i mean like that also like watching tv like coincided with me not like kind of like not reading for like a long time and yeah that got too depressing and i don't know i i bu i buy books like maybe like at like three or four times the speed that i read them so yeah. i have like i've got a lot i've got a lot on my plate over here and i can't can't afford to yeah. be watching tv <laughs> are there do you have favorite bookstores in new york or yeah there's um there's one near where i there's one near where i live it's on uh, vanderbilt avenue uh, in prospect heights called unnameable books uh, -huh. uh it's a great little used bookstore um i love used books yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, there's, you know, there's, there's the Strand, which is, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. which is kind of an icon Classic. for a reason. But I mean, yeah. like, it can be pretty stressful going in there because like, I don't know, to the, to the extent that like bookstores have to merchandise themselves now, it's like a little unfortunate to like go in and like have to like make your way through like a lot of tote bags and candy bars and before you there's get to the books. There's a lot of tourists also in yeah. the Strand, yeah. Uh, Argosy Books on, I think it's 53rd Street is amazing that's like i think that's the oldest used bookstore in the city and really okay and they there's they, a place in the yeah. village i used to go to but i don't remember the name it's oh yeah like, it was like in a basement dang i'm not sure i know that one it's a very small one yeah, yeah. and then there's but i liked it yeah. and there's west side of books uh, uh -huh. on the upper west side as well which is also a treasure yeah they have they, have, they have a really nice collection of uh, old children's books uh, oh that's great which is really wonderful what's it called uh west cider Oh, okay. I've never been there. Yeah. Do you do you live in New York? Or? No, I don't. But I lived there for summer at some point, and yeah. I usually visit. My sister lives in New York. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah uh, but I, I really time, appreciate the extra, numbers yeah. of bookstores. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 an extremely, I don't know, it's 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 a wonderful place to be a reader. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, another it, another another author yeah. that I want to uh, mention is uh, Fleur Yegi. Uh, uh -huh. who's a Swiss and she lives in Italy and writes in Italian and then is work well, is translated into other languages but like her prose is like insanely crisp and precise but also very moving and she's like her her day sweet her book sweet days of discipline I read earlier this year and uh quickly became one of my favorites so what is it called sweet day of sweet days of discipline okay that's an interesting title yeah yeah so it's more like a, it's a fiction, I take it. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it's I think it's something of a building a building's roman. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I like getting I, uh, recommendations for things I've never heard of. Yeah, I uh, my, my a friend of mine was in town just last weekend, and we went into a word bookstore in Greenpoint, and I saw her on the shelf. I was like, "You have to buy this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't letting him leave the store without it. Great. Um, is there something you wish you had more time to do? 
I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like I feel like I already have like more than enough time. I think I'd be greedy. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. I like uh, more time to travel. Maybe I mean, like, in the in the last kind of like decade, I've been pretty much exclusively focused on working and like when i've gone to places it's been to see friends in like other cities around the states or like see my family and like i haven't been to like a new country for the first time in uh a long 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 time and yeah uh, such a great it's kind of a great feeling yeah so i i i I think kind of like uh I th- I think I I think it'll be good for my psyche to find a yeah. uh, uh, find a new place to go. But I've also kind of like relished kind of uh being in one place and really kind of getting to know it. Well, there's something about America too. I mean, I'm not American myself, so it it does feel like there's so much to discover. Yeah. Because there's also just a mystique about it that yeah. is not. Sometimes it's not warranted, but I mean, I de- just, I definitely, I definitely yeah. had, I was like really like, uh, pretty pretty heavy on the mystique before I came here, and like a lot of a lot of my yeah, work right when I came out of school was like pretty kind of heavily influenced by kind of like American like themes and settings, and yeah. I've I like I feel like largely a lot of that has kind of like worked itself out in my work and now i kind of like i mean like the things that i appreciate about america aren't the things that are most america about it yeah yeah but there's something about the aesthetics even of everything in in even in new york oh no i mean like that is just so totally different i mean i I love the way that new york looks i mean yeah like i it drives me crazy to like walk around and look at stuff here like i mean like that that never gets old. I just, I mean, in terms of kind of like, kind of like America's like extremity. Like, yeah. I feel like that's kind of like, you know, that's, uh, yeah, there's no mystique about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. After living a while in America, it's, it definitely disappears. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to end it. Thank you so much for for talking with me. Hey, thanks, great. Julia. That was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was really fun. Thank you. And that was my conversation with the very talented Peter Gamlin. Uh, remember that the comprehensive show notes for this episode can be found on our website at illustrationhour.com forward slash Gamlin. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of the Illustration Hour. And to those of you who uh, have reached out to me and continue to reach out to me, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing how the podcast is uh, helping you and what I can do to make it better. So please do continue to reach out to me. Uh, You can reach out to me through Instagram, uh, where we are at Illustration Hour, on Twitter, where we are at IHPod, or through email. If you uh, send an email at illustration hour podcast at gmail.com that's illustration hour podcast at gmail.com that's it for this week for me have a good 